From the great state of Texas, you are now listening to Skip the Noise Podcast, a Rounded Edge Media production. Thank you so much for joining us. But by us, I'm only referring to myself, yours truly, Benji, here for another fantastic episode. Shout out to Mike Tacklebox for the music. And shout out to my two co-hosts, Mexican Nostradamus and Rick the Brown Python. They will be recording later this week. If all goes as uh, if all goes according to plan, so look forward to that. So you could possibly have a double skip the noise uh, episode week, not a double feature because it's that'd be two in one day. Either way, I'm hopefully hopefully I'll bring uh, be able to publish two episodes this week. I know we've been a little shaky. It's been a lot of live streams on my part, but we we pursue. I just want to make sure we keep that uh, keep that up that week to week make it good uh but before i get into some local news i just wanted to share with the skip the noise listener so listeners uh something profound that had happened to me within the last couple days so for the last month or so i know you've heard uh bits and pieces right of me speaking of uh, my work situation um it's it's been very challenging to say the least that doesn't even uh, put a spin on. I've been around for a long time, right? And I've dealt with a lot of different, I've been through some shit, let's just say, okay? So that I'm no stranger to ooh, to hard times when it comes to the workplace. But I have to say, the unique situation that I'm in has been challenging in an unexpected, uh, the level of which has been very unexpected. And one of the biggest challenges, honestly, professionally, I've had in, in quite a long time. And now, obviously, things like this, my mindset is to approach these with a positive mental attitude, as always, as I brought up before. So in other words, uh, I translate that to, hey, wherein lies challenges and lies opportunities, opportunities for growth. But what I've learned recently, and and let me say this, even though that's my, my stance and that's my mentality and that's what I try to live by, we're all humans. We all get tired. We all get beat down. We all get weak. We all get weary. So sometimes we get, our mind starts to play tricks on us. Okay. And that confident decisions you make when you're, when your energy bar is full, right. And you're full of confidence are different than the decisions sometimes make when you're, those levels are depleted. That's where the real, and this is what I've learned. That's where that's where all the shit that you that you really when you break everything down and you look at yourself in the mirror that's when it's time to put the the foot forward in other words it's like you're in a situation where you're you you're hesitant and you're you're looking for a way out and that's when people quit you're looking for a way out just like the analogy of a of a boxer right like rocky said it i think in either one or two said, man, sometimes I wish this guy would just put my lights out and I wouldn't have to deal with it anymore. We all have, we've all been there. Okay. But the question is, what do you do when you get to that point? And the other part is recognizing when you're at that point. So that's where, where it came through with me. I recognize I was at that point. I was having thoughts of of quitting or, or finding an alternative. And then all of a sudden, sometimes your, your back hits the concrete where it gets so bad that there's no, it's a, a decision time. 
there's a fork in the road, okay? And sometimes it takes an outside source to, to add influence to that situation. Well, that happened to me in the form of uh, a messenger. And this message was delivered to me at the same time that my, I had come to the point where I was thinking that this was, even though it, it, even though I know that wasn't in my best interest and I would have regretted giving up, so to speak, you rationalize it. And that's where it gets dangerous. That's where it gets ambiguous. You start rationalizing. And you start to create the thing around you to, to, to match up, to protect your ego. And that's what I was doing. And I was looking for an alternative. But I had a, just enough reassurance to when my back hit the wall, I changed my mentality. And my, my goal now is to, is to win with... In other words, you get into where the, the mountain is so high or the, the quicksand is so strong that you don't think that the effort that you could put forth to get out of it or to thrive while in that situation would be worth it. But what I realized was it's not about the end goal. It's about looking myself in the mirror. That doesn't go away. Results vary. You can win, you can lose. But the decisions you make and the bargains you make with yourself or the actions you take based on the, the contract you have with yourself is what, is what stays. So didn't mean to make this into a motivational speech, but uh, just a while ago this, this thought hit me. So... Once again, it was on my mind, so I thought I'd share it with you now. Well, let's get into some local news. And this is a live stream, so if somebody wants to call, uh, be, uh, you are more than welcome or participate in the chat as we do. Now, you may notice, once again, that this is a live stream, so the audio is not preferable. Uh, nonetheless, it's still fun. I, I like doing these. I want to... Also, kind of before we get started in the meat of the program, I want to say that last week <laughs> I, was, I was in a rush to get the episode out and I was recording in my kitchen and I don't know what the fuck I was doing, but something was rubbing up, I think, against the table every time I would speak. So I apologize for that uh, after listening back, but I thought the content was good enough to justify putting it out. So I was like, fuck it. They'll understand. They can't all be winners. That's part of the skip the noise experience. So what I'm going to get to now, uh, there's, there's a couple reasons I bring this up. A restaurant in Houston, a popular Tex-Mex establishment, I think they're nationwide actually, uh, Gringos, and it's the one, hold, let me just read the article first and we'll see. Hold on, oops, that's not it. Here we go. So this is from ABC 13's website written by Courtney Carpenter. Sounds like a pseudonym. What do you think? But anyway, so, and the reason I bring this up, because we've discussed on the show, uh, my other co-hosts are, are Mexican-Americans, right? So they take 
they take issue with Tex-Mex cuisine as a thing, right? Because it's not authentic. It's a bastardized version of the real thing, which I get. Now, my stance, though, is the reason Tex-Mex gets a bad rap is because you're comparing it to authentic Mexican cuisine from whatever region. If you just accept it as something different and kind of more of an American creation, it's still good shit on its own merit. Like it's tasty. I mean, fuck, it's pot, whatever, you know, national chain of Tex-Mex uh, is going to be in the suburban area is going to be jam fucking packed on a Friday night. Okay. Somebody likes it. That's my only point. While I agree that, yes, it's not authentic Mexican cuisine, but it tends, it's Tex-Mex, right? Some people say, well, I'm going to get Mexican food. I think that's where the thing is. Like, yeah, no, you're getting Tex-Mex, but that's fine. Um, and it's not, just, it's not just me and other white people at these establishments. The reason I bring that up, too, is this, this, there's a gringo's right by my house that we frequent. Uh, our family does. So I'm trying to defend the, the establishment, but here we go. Uh, this is a theft article. That's what the categorize or the cat, uh, CD. Is it CDOM or Yancey of CDOM? What is CDOM? Uh, let me get into this article while you catch up to the type. Welcome, uh, by the way. Thank you for joining the, uh, the live stream. Not an ATM. Gringo's restaurant in Springs, Texas set to go cashless after Saturday night burglary. Coffeeville Department of Memes. That's amazing. Um, while I start reading this, explain. Uh, I've never. I'm not familiar with. Uh, is that a show? I'm assuming that is. And if so, I will. I will give you a follow, and I'll check out your show. So, Spring, Texas. Less than two weeks ago, the Cypress location of the popular. See, that's where it comes in here. This is my. Uh, it's close to home, and once again, the, the, if, if I've got a new story that's 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 local and relevant, it's going to make the Skip the Noise podcast. Less than two weeks ago, the Cypress location of the popular Tex-Mex restaurant, Gringo's Mexican Kitchen, went cashless after being burglarized, burglarized multiple times within the year. On Saturday, the Gringo's off I-45 in spring was broken into also. Now, the company says they are making changes at that location as well. So that's something I didn't know. The Cypress locations is the one that uh, is like I could walk to it. So that's concerning. Uh, Parnia, welcome to the chat as well. So let me back up here and I will, let me honor the, the guests I have on. Uh, it's a regional meme page I run on Facebook. That's he's describing. Uh, Yancey is telling me about Coffeeville, the Department of Memes. It's a regional meme page that I run on Facebook, a contributor on Wrong Kind of Podcasts. Okay, well, hey, nice to meet you. And I appreciate you joining. If you've never heard of uh, Skip the Noise, what you're listening to right now is just uh, myself. My name is Benji. I'm doing a live stream. Uh, we are a weekly kind of news, uh, politics, current events type of show. And it's myself and two other co-hosts. But I do these live streams to kind of keep the uh, keep the week-to-week thing going and to participate with the Podbean community just a little bit. So once again, thank you. And thank you for the likes, by the way, Yancey. I appreciate that. We did lose uh, Parnia, whoever that was. So, sorry, your loss, sweetheart. Uh, within seconds of him entering the building, you can see sparks flying as he cuts through the safe. I did see the video of that. Uh, yeah, he was, 
determined. Uh, from the time he broke through the window until he was climbing, it only took three minutes. Very professional. And it's got a little video here on Twitter. If you want to see it, Russell Ibarra uh, posted the video on his Twitter account. The restaurant has cameras. I think they, yeah, that, that would make sense. An alarm system and other security measures, which what makes it all the more frustrating. Oh, dude's a pro, man. This is like a heist from a movie. He follows up with another tweet that read, this is Russell Ibarra, seriously, why not commit burglary, especially when you know that if you get caught, you'll be out of jail no time and do it all again. So what he's doing there, he's jabbing at, uh, thank you, Yancey, for sharing the show. Appreciate that. Uh, so what Russell Ibarra is taking a jab at is uh, recently here in Harris County, we've, because of the overwhelming uh, jail system, people have been getting out very quickly while crime is, to say it's on the rise is an understatement. It's been a little, uh, and if you'll follow us on Instagram, at skip underscore the underscore noise underscore podcast, you'll notice that I do uh, frequently post a lot of uh, local meanderings of, of uh, criminal activity. So ABC 13 spoke with the restaurant's chief marketing officer last month after the Cyprus incident. We are not taking it lightly. We've had enough. And now we're calling, and now Hold on. And we're now calling the shots. Are you, though? You're getting, seems like you're getting kind of run over, is what we're saying. We're a community restaurant. We're here to serve our patrons. And at this point, we're not an ATM, Heather McKeon said. So strong words. We're not an ATM. Doesn't say what their action plan is. Um, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to force, uh, they can pay some extra, have security on site? I don't think that's going to happen, but. Anyway, that's concerning. Maybe not. Yeah, they, they, I think cashless is probably the way to go. So they're doing good there. Uh, I'm going to bring up another story, Yancey. Um, this, was, uh, this is a national story. This is, so, you know, you've heard of Florida man, right? You rarely ever hear Minnesota man, but now I've got one for you. So this is from the Hill. This is a guy from Minnesota. It doesn't say specifically Minnesota man, but that's what I'm calling it. And this is from, this is from the Hill by Alex Martichow. Uh Thanks for the like once again, Yancey. Preach, preach. A Minnesota man showed up at the Cook County Sheriff's Office. Uh, uh, hold up, before I say this, Yancey, I will uh, I point out a lot of times when I do these live streams, this is going to ultimately be, uh, this is being recorded as uh, episode 138 of Skip the Noise. What I'll probably do here is have the live stream, and then I may, uh, what I'm thinking about doing, no promises. But I've got time. I'm off today. What I'll probably do is edit in uh, a couple of clips from, from past episodes. Uh, most notably, what I'm thinking about doing is a couple of the guests that we've had on. Give them a little shout out, you know? Kind of spread the, spread the love. So, Yancey, I appreciate you sharing the show. Um, and uh, I'll definitely check your show out as well. Give, at the very least, they'll give us a follow on uh, Podbean. So here we go. A Minnesota man showed up at a Cook County Sheriff's Office on Wednesday covered in blood and confessed to beating a 77-year-old to death, first with a shovel, then with a moose antler. Quite an opening paragraph, Yancey. That's intense. Yes, your reaction, Yancey, was mine. Uh, and I saw this article last night, so I saved it. And when I do these, you know, I, these are cold reads, right? I don't pre-read the articles, at least on the live stream. Uh, Levi Axtell, it's kind of a cool name, 27, told sheriff's deputies he killed 
Dude, they just told him exactly who he killed. Hold on. Let me start over. Levi Axtell, 27, told sheriff deputies he killed Lawrence V. Scully in his Grand Marais, Minnesota home. They wanted to make sure they, <laughs> they told you who the fuck you killed. Gave the dude's gov full government name. Back in 2018, Axtell had accused the elderly man of stalking his 22-month-old daughter. daughter. Stalking? Okay, so far, I'm on Levi's side here. The Star Tribune reports, if Levi's not completely crazy, right? Let's, let's hear it out. Let's see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yancey says, what the? Uh, yeah, what the? Absolute fuck. In a request for a protective order, he said Scully would park his van outside the daughter's daycare and wait for her to go out on walks. Okay. So already I'm starting to understand the, the antler fucking massacre. Not condoning murder yet. Not yet. We got we to gotta hear everybody's side here. Um, the court granted the protective order temporarily but dismissed it weeks later, according to the newspaper. Before Axtell's 2018 complaint, Scully was already convic a convicted sex offender. Okay, so he's, he's on the radar. Cook County Sheriff Pat uh, Eliason confirmed to the Associated Press that Scully served a prison sentence for sexually assaulting a six-year-old and was released in 1982. Whew, so Scully's a piece of shit. According to the court documents, Axel confessed he drove to Scully's house Wednesday, beat him with a shovel from the deck 50 to 20 times, and then finished him off with a moose antler. Not to make light of this, I'm just I'm curious as to how the moose antler was. Was this like a trophy piece that he grabbed from the wall? What do you think? Before we get to the end, Yancey, what's your what's your take? Um, have you ever, hey, and, and, hey, while while I'm reading the rest of this article, have you ever had a time where you have been that mad to where you think you could do something like that, or what would it take to get you to that point? Sometimes when I read these, I wonder because I don't know. At this point, we don't know anything about Axtell, right? Uh, I know Axe is in his name. Um, all that pent up rage, yeah. So, in other words, is he a normal dude? regularly because i could see i've got four kids I, I could see myself getting fired up uh if that was going on you know i can't say for sure what the result would be i don't know that i would necessarily murder somebody with moose antlers but when it comes to your daughters that's that's a whole different thing you know so be careful with people's daughters my message to, to all the men in the world. The Star Tribune reports that Axtell was intoxicated. Okay. That's alcohol involved. Not a surprise, right? When he confessed to Cook County law enforcement. And you know, hey, I, I like that he went and confessed ASAP. He's just like, hey, whatever happens to me, fuck it. You know what I mean? That, that's what that tells me. I'm, I like to read into these things. Scully was found with a major head trauma. And yeah. And was already dead when first responders arrived at his home, according to WCCO TV. The county attorney called it a brutal attack without provocation of an elderly man. 
I don't know if I totally agree with that. Axtell had been charged with second-degree murder. His bail was set at $1 million in a court hearing Friday. So that's all they got for us. Thanks for the like again, Yancey. Appreciate the love. Um, so that's interesting. Any, any final take on that with the moose antlers? Uh, Jesus. So, yeah, but you, you could see. So let, let's break this down a little bit, right? So let's presume that Axtell's a normal guy. When it, when it comes to your daughter, now, Nancy, but while, while I'm yapping here, uh, do you have kids or particularly daughters? It's a whole nother thing. It changes your personality when you're, you're in different situations. Now, you know, beating somebody over the head with a shovel 20 times and stabbing it with moose antlers, Axtell's probably a little more on the extreme side. I don't know. Once again, I don't know necessarily if that would be my reaction, but having some creep, uh, I'm breaking a little story here. Hold on. So um, father of daughters here. So you can relate. Um, let me tell you a little uh, little tale. One time I was at the bus, right? This is years ago. My kids, and my kids are pretty spread out. I've got teenagers to my youngest is five. So when, when my older kids were smaller and I was waiting at the bus stop for them to get on elementary school, there was this old man that lived in our neighborhood that was weird as fuck. And, you know, everybody would say hi to him. He would walk around. Uh, on trash day and he'd walk around with his little he had like one of those little walkers like he didn't have a limp or anything but he just kind of walked it to keep all this little bullshit in and he'd real friendly and say hi to everybody hey how's it going da, da, da. so the first few times I'd seen this guy walking around that ah, he's a friendly guy not wasn't really on my radar I kind of wondered what he was so what I mean by this he was walking around on trash day with his little thing and he had like a little bag and so he would pick up, like if anybody's trash had, uh, or he would kind of sweep up the curbs. And then if people's trash was kind of like overflowing, he would remove it so it could shut, uh, you know, shut uh, all the way, right? And he would put it in somebody else's. So it's one of those things where it's like, oh, he's not, I mean, right? I get, in his mind, right? I guess he's helping out. But it was weird. It was a, to me, I was like, what's, what's exactly going on? And who does that? Okay. Possibly he's crazy old, right? There might've been some things going on. And ultimately, let me tell you a little bit of backstory with this guy. That might've been the case. So, you know, he was walking around and doing that and he, you know, he'd have on his little, his tennis shoes and kind of, you know, old man, this guy's probably in his seventies maybe. And, uh, he came one time to the bus stop. Wow, I was waiting and it was just me and it was like my kids were there and some other neighborhood kids and I just didn't like his vibe. He came up and he started saying, uh, you know, just kind of making small talk with like the kids. And now there's, this is where it gets weird and this is why I bring this up. There's a, there's a, t uh, there's sort of a, a moment where you have to decide and this is where it's so fucked up uh, for kids or like when people prey on kids because kids, if, if all their experience with adults is positive or most of it, right? If they, they trust adults, all the adults they know are like their, 
their parents or their their aunts and uncles and grandparents and all their experiences positive they're going to interpret smiling and conversation with like oh this is like a grandpa so what i'm getting at is he he was making i I didn't even remember exactly what he said but immediately i didn't like the vibe of it so i didn't say anything at first but i didn't i kind of like you know sequestered off my kids and he looked up at me and I'd stared at him and I can't remember. He, he made some kind of, he asked like, Oh, you, you did it. Like he made some comment to me and I just, I was real. I was I can't, I, once again, I, I don't remember the exact conversation, but I was very abrupt and very much like it wasn't passive aggressive, but it was very like my response to him was very sharp and sort of kind of like a get the fuck out of here type of response. And he, he read it loud and clear and he kind of moved on. But I could tell his reaction told me that I had hit the nail on the head. So my, my son at the time, this is probably around the same, maybe within the same school year, had a friend that lived down the block and it was the last day of school. And he had invited him to come over. Uh, they had like one of those inflatable water slides out in the front yard. So he was having like a little party at his house or his, his mom had organized. Cause I think I was at the school and we had recognized each other cause he had, he had played with them before. And the mom was like, Hey, um, you know, he's, we're having, I'm not going to say the kid's name. He's having a, bur- or a party right at the house after when school lets out or whatever, if your son wants to come, da, 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 you should. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And it's literally like down at the T, right? I walked down the end of my block. So we walked down there, right? And it was, and she told us it was going to have like a little water slide and all that. So we went out there in our our swim trunks. I get out there and dude, the dude, like the old dude is in the fucking pool. Like, like laughing at everybody and playing around. And, uh, I told the, uh, I told the mom, thanks for the like, uh, Lancey. I told the mom, I pulled her aside and I said, Hey, what the fuck is he doing here? Like, what is this? And she's like, Oh yeah, he's just, he lives across the street and like, he's really annoying and da da da. And I said, yeah, I don't think he should be, uh, in the fucking pool. Like what, I'm not understanding why you guys think this is okay. And she just kind of, Oh, well, yeah, you know, one of those things were like, didn't want to be mean. And so uh, I told my son, I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Like, we need to get out of here. And he was very, very pissed. That was hard because it was hard for me because he was young, very young at the time. It was hard for me to understand how to tell him um, what was going on. And so, yeah, I did have to have a talk with him uh, explaining the situation. In a, I, did, I did it tactfully, right? But it was one of those things where, shit, you know, that's – might have dodged a bullet there. And then, you know, it's weird. I saw the dude. Um, yeah, you got to stay. But well, when it's like, when it gets to that point, fuck being nice. I'm a very pleasant person. I like to, I'm very friendly. I like to talk. I give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, but, you know, you have your, your spidey sense, right? Especially as a parent. So when that goes up, it's all bets are off. It's not, uh, you know, you, you versus my kids. My kids are going to win. Uh, one more local story 
right here. So anyway, that, that was my thoughts on that. Um, so yeah, I could see it, it's good. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, nice. Right. It's nice. It's nice until it's time to not be nice. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. We got to get along as people. So there is there. There's a, a value, a, a societal value to being friendly. Because here's the thing, too. You never know when you might need something. Okay. So it doesn't it doesn't really serve you to be a piece of shit right out of the gate because you don't know just like you don't know if somebody's good or bad it goes both ways so my philosophy is to lead with hey i'm we're i can relate to you until we can't so as long as long as you're not yeah that's the thing it, you said uh, uh yeah nice without uh naivete yeah as long as you're not naive you got to stay vigilant so this is an article I'm going to read from the Houston Chronicle. Um, this is from, so it, this just kind of in short, the, the Houston area has been growing for years and years and years, and it still hasn't stopped. Um, so a common theme is, is new people from other transplants from other places, you know, having their opinions and, and it's a different type of place. Um, so this is one of those, this is a, a, an example of that that I did just came up in my feed. Uh, so this is from Andrea Ball, a writer for the Houston Chronicle. Uh, Rage, terror, and silent screams. A Houston newbie has some new rules for our traffic. I don't know how much traction she's going to get with her, her new rules, but I, I'm curious to see what she has to say. Uh, my little gray Mazda careens around a sharp curve in the freeway. Traffic thick, fast, and unforgiving. So I think right away, my assessment here is, uh, it's a well-written first paragraph. Andrea, I think, has a little aspirations, uh, like this, she's feeling herself a little bit. That's okay, though. I do the same shit when I talk on a mic, right? I, I do the same bullshit. I, I think my what I produce is um, probably far greater in my head than what's uh, what the reality is. So... I'm on I-10 or 610, going 40 or 140 miles an hour, headed straight toward death. Okay, so she's getting hyperbolic here. Um, so this, this could be entertaining. In other words, I'm, I'm hooked, so I'm going to read on. Let me start over. I'm on I-10 or 610, going 40 or 140 miles an hour, headed straight towards death or the Houston Chronicle office, whichever comes first. So she's talking about her morning commute, right? It's a... <laughs> white knuckling it my my eyes bulge like softballs my eyebrows shoot to my hairline my gaping mouth is stuck in a silent scream now did do i'm not a journalist right i've done a little writing here and there professionally but do we put <laughs> do we add words like gaping sometimes to uh, for search terms. That's what I wonder sometimes. So there's layers to this shit. Is, is that necessarily? My gaping mouth is stuck in a silent screen? Alright, is my first foray into the city's thicket of highways. I don't know where I... She's so proud of herself for this article. I love this shit. I don't know where I am or where I'm going. All I know is that the car in front of me is not playing and the car behind me is not playing, and I definitely am not playing because all I want to do is get out of here, wherever here is. Very Mark Twain of her. Yancey likes the show again. Preach. Love it. 
This is Houston traffic for a newbie. Every city complains about its traffic. Drivers are slow, or too slow, too fast, too stupid. I'm from Austin. The traffic is so different. It's almost impossible to compare. If Houston is an F1 racetrack, Austin's I-35 is a parking deck. Inch forward, two inches, stop. Three inches, stop. Repeat, repeat. As, a temporar as I temporarily commute between these two cities for my new job at the newspaper, I am morphing from sloth to gladiator. <laughs> That's a good, I, I like that. Um, there will be no singing songs from Hamilton and casually munching on strawberry Pop-Tarts as I navigate these mean streets. All right, you started to win me over, uh, Andrea. This is funny. This is chaos. You make your own rules out here, and I have a few of my own. Well done. I'm actually going to keep reading. Gentle aggression. This is best used while merging into the 350 car line onto the freeway. Step one, blinker on. Step two, slowly edge the nose of your car into the desired lane. Well done, I agree. Pause as the white SUV ignores you. Pause as the vomit green Chevy speeds up to cut you off. Then commit. You do have to, she's right. She's, uh, it's funny. She's bringing stuff up that I know mentally, but I don't really express. It's just part of your sort of internal world, right? Your, your normal commute. I'm willing to play this slow motion game of chicken. I drive a 2014 Mazda 2 with a broken passenger side mirror and scratches galore. What are you driving? I can tell you. Now you know. I drive a uh, Nissan Altima. Thank you very much. Are you willing to drive with a dent in your door? I am. Rubin's racing, right? Like on, uh, was it Days of Thunder? It's fucking Days of Thunder out here. Aggression, aggression. That's a sense. Aggression, aggression, period. This move demands your full attention. Example, you need to cross five lanes. Oh my God, this is, she's right on the money. You need to cross five lanes to get your exit because once again, your lying GPS frenemy told you to stay in the, in the three left lanes when you actually need to be in the far right one. You see an opening, look around, use your mirrors, listen for the roar of other aggressors, then go. Watch for oncoming cars behind you and beside you. Do not plow into the vehicle that is suddenly stopped. That's right. Shoot the gap. <laughs> then go. Watch for... This shit is like fucking NASCAR. It's funny. I didn't realize it, it but it's... Oh my God, it's true. Like I, my commute's early. I normally... I get to work at six and I have about a 30-minute commute. And even at that hour, like you beat the, the rush hour traffic, but that's actually a little bit gnarlier because it's, it's faster. There's still a good amount of people on the road, but not to, to draw it to a screeching halt. Um, so yeah, it can... It gets a little aggressive. We're in the land of open carry, concealed carry, carry on your car seat, whatever. That is another, that's true. That's another element. Motherfuckers have guns. So road rage is a fucking problem because they're armed. You don't know who to piss off, uh, who, who you're pissing off potentially. There is almost nothing worse, worth getting shot over, but it's hard not to feed our fury. We're tired. We're hangry. And some jerk just pulled aggression, aggression on you. Do not descend into badness. No flipping the bird. No screaming. No laying on the horn. And no eye contact. It's funny how she points out that dynamic. Because while the, the traffic can draw you into a rage, there's the underlying thing that you know that there is a very high percentage uh, that whoever you may take your aggression out on is carrying a gun. So that's just... You know, food for thought, right? Um, no eye contact. Your mission is to survive. 
You know how long it's going to take to get home if someone chases you through traffic, jumps out of their truck and comes after you with a hammer they just happen to have in their glove compartment. Smother your, smother your wrath, it's worth it. Car karma, be kind, give people space, let them merge. It's so rare that people can't comprehend it. I've kept three car lengths open in front of me, mentioned for other drivers to go. Uh, and you, hold on. Mentioned for other drivers to merge and they still won't do it. Uh, he goes, yeah, uh, Yancey says, unfortunately, we all fuck around and find out occasionally. That's right. You ever seen that graph? It's a little, like a little viral snippet video where the guy's like, he draws the, <laughs> the graph and on one, the y-axis, it's like fuck around and the x-axis is find out. Um, you said, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? It's a funny way. He's like a middle-aged dude. Uh, you can see the confusion on their faces. Is this a trick? A trap? Better to cut in front of you later. No worries. Smile. Wave. Imagine yourself at home lying on a couch while eating Tostitos and watching back-to-back -back episodes of the original Law & Order. This is what I imagined during my first foray into Houston traffic. I live to fight another day. Thanks for the like again, Yancy. I live to fight another day and I continue to imagine a time when I can drive through the city without bulging eyes, raised eyebrows, and a gaping mouth stuck in a silent scream. Way to end it. So here we go. Um, I'm a fan. It might be follower on Twitter. Let's give her a follow on Twitter. Uh, let's investigate this. Hold on. Uh, Andrea or Andrea. Uh, if anybody knows, please, uh, you can email skip the noise uh, at or uh, skip the noise at gmail, skip the noise podcast at gmail.com. Andrea Ball is an investigative reporter for the Houston Chronicle before joining the Chronicle in January 2023. Oh, so she's fresh. Uh, Andrea worked as a reporter for USA Today and the Austin American Statesman. Shout out. Her work has been recognized by national headliners, IRE, SPJ, Sigma Delta Chi, and Texas APME. Got some credentials. Okay, let's check out her Twitter. Here we are. And her Twitter, she's trying to show a little love here. Um, just, yeah, Andre. oh, it's Andre Ball. The, or the way it is on Twitter. It's at A-N-D-R-E-E-B-A-L-L. -L. And if you're so inclined, give her a follow. I know I am. And uh, let her know that you heard about her, her interesting and entertaining article on Skip the Noise podcast. If you could do that for me, that would be grand. That would be just fine. So uh, let's, get, let's get into Yancey a little bit. Um, you want to tell me about your show? A little bit before I get into, uh, I'll probably put a little music on and, and slide into some some old clips. I think is what I'm going to do here. I appreciate you joining me today and all the listeners who are joining on the uh, the recorded version. You still with us, Yancy? Um, if you so choose, uh, put your put your socials out there, and I'll 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 read them off here on the show. Make sure everybody gives you a follow. So we do, okay, so it's a similar, you guys do a similar show. He says, we do pretty much what you do, current events, local stuff, et cetera. Yeah, so the local angle, after doing the show, right, so the, the, we started this show in, in June of 2020. And for a very long time, man, we were week to week to week. We didn't miss a week. 
it finally got shit just got too crazy. We did a little bit. So I'm trying to get back to that. So I'm, I'm pumping out a bunch of live streams. It's been tough for the three of us to, to coordinate and get it together. We do record remotely. Um, Mexican Nosodramas is a Houston transplant transplant uh, located now in the DFW area. Rick and I are in, in Houston. But uh, yeah, so so the recording sometimes with work schedule and everything has gotten a little tricky. Um, it, hence the, the, the live streams or whatever. But this has been a fun sort of sidetrack. Uh, but I, I still try to keep as much content out there as possible because we've, like I said, we've put out a bunch uh, over the years and I'm very proud of it. But what I try to do is you know the 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 genesis of the show was to to talk about politics and uh mexican nostradamus is is kind of leans liberal historically and and rick is is a conservative so that provides an interesting dynamic and then i sort of i guess curated if you will as the as the producer and interject some of my own interesting meanderings but uh the, the point what i'm trying to get at is it's, I started to realize as we, we, we go through, to, I, I always try to inject a little local, um, you know, Harris County. I just, it produces a, a lot of good stories. And so I try to launch with that, uh, with the, the concept of it's like start local, you know, local, state, national, world, right? Like you expand from there. So that's sort of the format. Um, but yeah, I will definitely check out your show. And hey, at some point, it might be a, uh, a collab opportunity, especially if we've got sort of similar, similar dynamics. Um, wrong kind of podcast is owned and operated by my good friend, Justin. I contribute, promote, and co-host, a, uh, co-host there. Coffeeville Department of Memes on Facebook is a regional Facebook page on Facebook poking fun at local, regional, and national topics. That sounds really cool. Um, where are you located? If you do not mind me asking. And then, yeah, everybody look that up uh, in Kansas. Okay, cool. Um, I don't have much ties to Kansas. Um, I have been there. I've been, I'm trying to think where. Like, I've driven through it. I have family in, uh, uh, around the Omaha area. So over the years of my life, I've been kind of passed through Kansas a little bit, but I haven't spent a whole lot of time there. Um, thanks for liking the show once again. But with that... I'll probably work into these clips. I, I do want to say thank you for, for joining. And please start look forward to possibly, I don't know if I'll get anything. I'll be out of town this weekend. Um, I'm actually going up to the DFW area. So potentially could, could actually have a Mexican Nostradamus sighting. If so, I'll report back uh, via Instagram. So make sure you follow us there if you haven't already. Uh, make sure you check out uh, Yancey at uh, Wrong Kind of Podcast in Coffeeville Department of Memes. I know I will be. And with that, uh, Yancey, you got any parting words before we get out of here? And, uh, and definitely follow us on Podbean. That way, too, you can get notified if I do go live. Therefore, we can, you know, maybe coordinate a little bit and get a, a possibly a live call at another time. Uh, Yancey says, thanks. I'll be tuning back in soon. Stay positive and keep pushing forward. Absolutely. Positive mental attitude, Yancey, is the way to go. Everybody have a great week, uh, or if we see you sooner than that, have a great period of time. Careful on that Houston traffic. Uh, it, is, it is, as uh, Andrea points out, a fucking beast. And 
and I hope Gringos really figures it out <clears throat> when it comes to their security measures because, you know, we're, we're going to start suffering. The margaritas are going to be a little more, more expensive if you just keep robbing them blind. So whoever that is with your, your saw and pulling off the fucking George Clooney 11-man fucking hot – well, no, it's just one guy. 11 men in one man, the one man Tex-Mex burglar. Go fuck yourself, man. Have a great week. Y'all be good. Should we, we talk about Charlemagne real quick? Yeah, you want to hit Charlemagne yeah. before? Okay, All right, good. so oh, Charlemagne, Charlemagne did know. Oh no, okay. So Charlemagne <laughs> recently interviewed, and you know, I'll take, I'll be honest. Like when this, when I, when, when Charlemagne first kind of came on my radar, it was all like all these negative shit and all this like YouTube videos of him being a dick and all this stuff. So I kind of had like a negative, but the longer time goes, the more I'm like, I kind of like this guy, like because. He does like he I think what's important about this. So recently, without me, I'm sitting here not even talking about what the fuck the topic is. He interviewed Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States of America. And he asked the question, he goes, yo, so who's who's running or he goes, who's the president of the United States? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden? So when he did that, all of a sudden, and this was like a Zoom call or some kind of virtual so her assist, I, I forgot that the, they talked about her name, but all of a sudden, when, as soon as he asked that, they're, they're doing all these fake like tech, technical difficulties like, oh, uh, I can't hear you. Can, can you hear it? Like, is it coming through? <laughs> and like, he's not buying, like, he's immediately not buying it. He's like, she can hear you. Like, you can hear me, right? Like, you can hear me. And then... <laughs> It, it, there's this little charade of like they they don't understand or they they didn't understand the question. It's so fucking bullshit. And then she, she kind of owns up and is like, "Yeah, no, I hear you." Uh, and he's like, "Okay, well, let me ask." Like, is so he asks her again, is, "Is who's the president of the United States? Joe Manchin, Joe Biden?" And she's like, "Come on, come on, it's Joe Biden. Stop acting like these Republicans." <laughs> Dude. Well, the only thing she, she didn't do was like do the cat, the the wicked witch of Wizard of Oz cat cackle. Oh, yeah, dude, that cackle is fucking kind of scary. Man. <laughs> That's America's cackle, by the way. Everybody loves it. But but what do you? Yeah, I, I'm interested, Rick. What you think of Charlotte? Or did you even did you yeah, kind of I, I follow the it. story, or you saw what happened? Yeah, I, I saw what happened. I think um, I, I don't. Know, I think she punked him, man. I mean. He, he kind of backed away after that, after she kind of um, went off on him a little bit. He kind of backed off and was like, yeah, I appreciate it. You know, that's great. And it's like, well, she did kind of go you know, off too. It was like a decorum kind of dropped, you know, like a finger waving in the air. Like she was like, and my yeah. name is Kamala Harris. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> my name is Kamala Harris. Yeah. No, say so it did. Bitch. Like, for, for real though, it was like emotional. Like he got to her, you know what I mean? And, and uh, obviously she wasn't expecting that, but that's, what's good about 
um somebody like him interviewing yeah but uh, you know, somebody somebody in that position man because they're not obviously we saw what's happened recently with fucking the cuomos and all this bullshit given softball questions and given all these fit, you know, and not asking yeah. certain people or not interviewing certain people at certain times and all this whole bullshit parade with the media. So it's, it's refreshing when somebody actually asks somebody who we elected as a society to, to run our government. Yeah. You can answer the fucking questions. Can't you? If we ask them to you. So fuck, I love this shit. Well, well yeah, you know, why is him asking the question equated with talking like one of these Republicans? Exactly. Yes, you hit the nail on the head. That's yep. exactly that was and to me. That was like the most problematic thing of the entire situation was her being right. like, you're acting like these Republicans. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. She well, said, don't talk like one of these Republicans. Yeah. Wow. Well, interject. What? what you can and can't say, you know, you're supposed to For, throw the the party line, you know, my handlers over here saying, I can't hear you because we had an agreement, you know, you was one of us, you know, I don't know. That's how I took the whole thing. It's like, no, he just, he threw her off her game and it's so common for them to resort uh, these days. Them, I mean, politicians of all ilk, you know, to resort to like, again, wrestling theatrics, you know what I mean? And like, we got sides, we got teams, you know, how dare you like, you know? Dude, that's exactly what I'm it was. You step out of line. Well, it's yeah. like when remember when Biden, uh, I forgot, I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but remember, like, uh, if you don't vote Democratic, you're not black. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's remember that? I mean, yeah. like, so it's that, it's that same type oh, of Oh, that's reasoning. right. That was the same. Remember? Yes. It was a Charlemagne yeah. interview. Yeah, yeah, don't let him forget. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, like, that's what I'm trying to say. So, like, basically, it's the same exact reasoning. It's like, uh, oh, if you talk like them, you talk like you're, oh, you're Republican now. Are you, you know, and of course, that record that she tries to equate that with racism and all the negative right. aspects of Republicans, et cetera. But, you know, it's the same thing. He said, oh, well, if you don't vote for Biden, you, you, you can't right. call yourself black or whatever. I was just like, what? That's exactly like that's like one of those record, you know, scratching moments. So it's the same thing. She just did the same thing. She just, you know, had to tone it down a little bit, but she basically did the same damn thing. That's just how they act. If you're not with them, you if you're not, if you question us, you're with them. Well, you gotta be black first, and then you'll be questioning them. Oh, then you're you're not part of the crew anymore. You're acting like a well, no, no, but there is some race. Hold on, but there no, that's a valid ass point, like with the race, because (laughs) no, because honestly, look. It's like, oh, you're either um, towing the party line, right? right. Because that's that's what uh, Black America officially is aligned with the Democratic Party, or I should, I guess, I should say unofficially, but officially, right? Right. Does that make sense? No. So, so when you get like a Candace Owens, it's like, oh, she's, you know what I mean? You categorize her like, oh, you're Candace. Like that's almost a category. Uh, like if you say anything, I got a category for Candace. No, I'm sure you do, but right, I'm saying but to be fair, to be fair, too. though, not, even if none of us for obvious <laughs> reasons are qualified to comment on it, ultimately, do you right. think Malcolm X would be ostracized from the left today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I for sure. Yeah, for I sure. Because he was very conservative. He was extremely conservative, especially in regards to uh, liberals. Like women's rights. Oh, God, it would not he have hated been. liberals. Yeah, he did not like liberals at all, and he was right. an ex- like, yeah, yeah, no, that would that would not have worked with the with the current left's theories. That shit wouldn't have worked out. But you can say the same thing with most of the beginning um, founding members of the Black Panther Party. They were not liberals per se, right? They were separatists. You know, they're 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 black nationalists, so they weren't 
liberals. I think so. Yeah, you could say that with a lot of the, especially the the paramilitary or the um, well, best way to kind of put it, the militaristic wings, um, during uh, civil rights. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was it was a different thing, but yeah, definitely that's a good point. That's a good point because yeah, no, I don't I don't I don't think you would see. I don't think you would see that actually occurring. <laughs> oh man, it's crazy. We have so many visitors these days. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't see that as it actually being, you know, at all. So <laughs> moving what? on. What, what was that? <laughs> you lost your yeah. Dude, I was trying to, I, I, I said, I see, <laughs> I see people poking out through doors and shit. I'm like, what's happening oh. here? My wife so, yeah. uh, was looking for me, and she thought I'd left uh, the house again. Oh, nice! Snuck oh. away to you know. Oh, dude, you know oh. what? I, I got busted. Bro. I got I got busted. <laughs> I go uh, away again. I got hit up. Check it out. I was uh, selling some merchandise, and I got it hit up real quick. We're at the house, and uh, like on a moment's notice, and I always tell uh, it's famously right. I do all these transactions at Bucky, or most of them at Bucky. So I had to take a little meet somebody at Bucky's real quick make some shit happen. And when I did, so I get like, I thought I told my wife, like, I was like, Hey, all right, I'll be right back. I'm going to go meet up real quick. Bucky, sell this shit. So I went and it's not what you think. I, I realized because I'm not saying it sounds <laughs> yeah. like I'm a fucking, yeah, dope bro. Drug I'm, not, sell, I'm not, not selling anything early. You're, you're, you're selling your ass at Bucky's bro. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> hey. I mean, truck stops get old, you know. You got to go for the tourist. No, now. exactly. Yeah, it's different. It's a whole different vibe. <laughs> they treat you a lot sweeter at Bucky's. It's they, safer. The truckers it's... just run through you, dude. It's safer. <laughs> it's safer. It's cleaner. It's a lot lizard. You got car, private car, restrooms. Car wash. <laughs> yeah, the restrooms are clean as fuck. They could take a shower <laughs> yeah. before they pillage and, you. And uh, no, but anyway, I get a text like I'm sitting there waiting for. <laughs> And it's like, dude, the <laughs> fuck are you? <laughs> I just like left. I thought she knew where I was going, but anyway, it became a whole thing. But uh, with that, man, hey, hey, once again, so fucking glad we finally got Jeremy back on the uh, on the oh, program. Yep, yep, yes. And this course, time, man. this time, he's t- sticking around. At least I'm oh, assuming so. You are sticking oh, around, partying yeah, in the okay, party yeah, in the that, back. That, exactly. Oh, that, that was part of the first time where it was like, fuck. He's like, damn, I kind of wish we would have, like, I would have hung around. And uh, so this time we're going to make it happen. Uh, before we do that, I want to send a quick shout out to uh, uh, Ulysses from Inside the North Side podcast. I had a absolute fucking phenomenal time. Uh, so check out, subscribe to him on wherever you can find podcasts and listen to the episode uh, interview I did with him. It was so fucking much fun, dude. I got to talk uh, like old music. So he's a musician. So I got to talk some stories about the fucking Francisco and shit. And uh, if time permits, maybe Jeremy, you and I can get at least tell one or two. I know you got some stories from there, so maybe, <laughs> may, maybe a quick yes. uh, a quick uh, tale if, if if something comes to mind. Hopefully, this will give yeah, you a little time great. to kind of marinate on that. Tales from Paper Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was oh for sure that's what it was like. <laughs> but I, I it was so exciting, dude. I gotta say, like I was I had like a fucking twenty five percent boner. Cause I haven't got to talk about some of these stories in forever, dude. And I was me and uh, Ulysses just like was rattling off shit. And obviously he's another Houston podcaster. So big up. One of the things we mentioned on the podcast was um, anybody podcasting in the Houston area. And obviously I know a handful of you guys just from, you know, connects online and just in regular life too. Uh, shout out to deep MC's podcast as well. 
Uh, but anyway, man, I want to really push the the agenda to get a unification. Uh, and there are a couple of groups here and there, uh, but I want to be sort of the 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 forefront of one. So any Houston podcasters that may be listening to this, definitely hit us up. Skip the noise podcast at gmail.com or just hit any of the social medias and we'll, we'll list those at the end of the show. I'm not going to bore you anymore before we hit this break, but uh, let's get into the tunes uh, of one. Well, fuck it. Jeremy's on the show. So obviously, obviously yeah, he, he gets the halftime interlude. So uh, I'm super pumped for that anyway. So we will see you on the other side momentarily. Peace. that lens you'll understand everything that goes down in america dude i had a conversation i had a co-worker she was from france really good friend of mine and uh matter of fact she's got some aspirations of her own to diving into this world a bit so that's like i said i always try to tease little shit so you might see that coming sooner than later i don't know anyway how's that more the merrier everybody who's uh, this this is real democracy right here right um so she was telling she grew up in france we were talking about uh, we haven't, you know, we had all kinds of crazy conversations at work and shit and uh, whatever. But like one of the things I got into, because, yeah, because she would always ask these questions like, you know, noticing these like discernible differences between Americans and, you know, Europeans or even more specifically uh, French people. Right. And it was like, but more so the common theme was always like the difference between uh, American mindset and the European mindset. And I told, I was like, man, it looked like everything here, the whole culture. If you just, if it's the goal of everything is profit and everything, once you understand that, just everything makes sense, man. (laughs) Like, unfortunately, and that's everything. Whereas like other cultures are older, right? They come from a different before the industrial revolution, They've have these things and these ideas in their head that have permeated through, even if it's gotten dissolved over time, there's still like this, like essence of real human shit. Yeah. America, America, America doesn't have that, bro. You know what I'm saying? No, it's not really there, dude. We're, we're, we're driven straight by the, and what I was thinking about this other day too. And, and it kind of, it's kind of weird if you really think about it, man. I mean, we're, we're so driven by something that in all honesty has no fucking value. Like the, the dollar really has no fucking value, man. Like at all. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It, it, uh, if, if we want more of it we're gonna we're gonna print more of it and if we want to uh say this is worth whatever it is we're gonna say this is worth whatever it is we're, we're obsessed we're at the end of the day we're obsessed with nothing yeah we're obsessed no with it's true it's true like if you have <laughs> so here dude. all right it's metaphor time so if you got a guy if you got a crazy motherfucker like he's on meth dude and he's he's a berserker he's just foaming at the mouth he's got a fucking machete and he's in a walmart and you're like hey man fucking chill dude leave everybody alone you just start like making it rain <laughs> like he's a fucking stripper like fucking don't fucking hit me with the 
he doesn't give a shit like, like that. You know what I'm saying? Like that money ain't shit. The money, man. Not at all. You're getting that. You're getting that machete <laughs> to the fucking side of the head, dude. Like you well, don't care how much. Be beating on you when the cops show up. He's still gonna be exactly, dude. Head, head he's still yeah. He's gonna be trying to eat you and shit. Like Florida basalt. <laughs> Yeah, man. And, and, but that's the thing, right? So I question is, as Americans, like, why, why do we continue to do this? Why do we continue down? And at what point is that even going to change, man? Like, at what point are we going to be like, you know, when, when a loaf of bread's $2 million? Bro, <laughs> like, fucking, dude, I saw, so I saw this shit. Um, I remember like, so being a young kid, like in the eighties, right. With Soviet union. Right. Um, you hear all these stories like, and you're almost like, God damn, like they can't even be real. Like how they're living. Uh, you hear all these shit about the, you know, bread lines and you hear just how fucked up it is. And plus that late, you know, a lot of that's filtered through like propaganda of it's like, Oh, we're good. Right, and they're right, bad. Right. Ivan Drago is a shithead who does steroids and Rocky's a fucking hard work. And you yeah. know what I mean? Italian from Philly running up in the mountains and <laughs> you know, like chicken, that shit is shit. so propaganda, bro. Like how much did the fucking US government pay Sylvester so long to make that fucking movie? Oh god, dude, they financed dude, those, a whole lot of bro. <laughs> that movie was fucking written, scored, produced, and directed by Ronald Reagan. America. But it, but anyway, um but yeah, dude. So I would watch, I saw it recently. That's the thing. Like, so I have all these ideas in my head, how fucked up Russia was or the Soviet right. Union. So I remember, I remember hearing about, oh, they got a McDonald's and blah, 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 bro. I saw pictures like recently, like within the last year or something due to, you know, the internet, right? Like everything's right, available right. now. So all these things you used to just imagine in your head are now just like, oh, fuck, you can Google Earth that shit. And I can zoom in on Homeboy's backyard and be like, oh, that's what. Yeah, that's what um, that's what they do in Sweden in their backyards on Sunday evening. You know what I mean? Like nothing's fucking a mystery or right, right, whatever. So I saw these pictures of the fucking line of McDonald's. dude. It was like goddamn like blocks of people just like for some shitty i was like it tripped me out the fuck out because i'm like something that we're just like oh shit like <laughs> whatever dude like you know what i mean let me get a mcdouble let me get a mcdouble uh, so i can get the shits tonight <laughs> yes exactly these people are like they're, they're lining up like you know what i mean like yeah, and, oh, and I, I don't know why, man. I don't know, and maybe they're gonna hate me because it sounds like I'm bashing my country. But right. you know, it, it, we want to go somewhere else. Everybody else wants to be here. You know, yeah. we put something American yeah. out there. I don't know if it's the idea. Maybe it's the dream in their own head. You know, this they see something that's American and it triggers something in their mind that they think is great, and that's what they latch on to. But. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. I mean, first of all, nobody should be lining around the block for McDonald's anywhere. No, nowhere. I don't, but, yeah. they, but they do. And why? I, the fuck if I know, man, it's not that great. You know, yeah. what are we selling? <laughs> what, what, what are they buying into? What are they believing in? You know, and, and that's to, what it is. You know? that's, that's fucking brilliant. Cause that highlights exactly what that is. Right. It's a fucking, it's, a, it's kind of depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it shows, it's like a perfect example 
of um, like almost a social experiment where you get to see all these people like they're so desperate that they're just like, fuck, man, let me cling on to whatever America like in their head. Right. Is this beautiful, like free idea. I, I, I have to have that. Like everybody wants that. My neighbors want it. Everybody wants it. But what the, well, they're just getting some McNuggets. <laughs> like we wipe our ass with McNuggets, dude. Yeah, 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 bro. I'll get I'll give that to a fucking stray cat, dude. Like McNuggets are dog shit. <laughs> like, but fuck, dude. I mean, that's like a perfect analogy for like the whole fucking I mean, everything. It, it, America is a McNugget. <laughs> oh, America is a McNugget. A nugget. On it fully. There you go. Post it. We are out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Shit, yeah, we're done. There it is. <laughs> time stamp, time of death, 10, yeah. 10, 52 p.m. Yeah, we just solved it. We <laughs> solved the riddle. <laughs> we're done. Everything's over. You can stop your podcast, whoever you are out there. Uh, <laughs> fucking figure New it life. out. Yeah, a man. Nugget, man. It's, it is a McNugget. And it's, well, it's like, it's fitting too. So I'm a, I'm a, I don't have a brilliant transition piece for you, but I did want to talk a little bit about, um, Dude, I like this so far. I feel like we're weaving in and out of like each other's shows. Right, like we're having, right. you know what I mean? Like we're kind of discussing like current stuff and news and then, but then we're taking it a step further and getting into like the deep shit. This is fucking brilliant. This is a brilliant class. It's a good thing. It's I love a good it. Thing. I, it is. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love it already. Um, but I did want to talk about, so we were speaking about like corporations and like the bullshit. So politics, right, is one thing. Right. There's the dog and po- there's the dog and pony show. It just kind of leads you into these different things. And I mean, it's very obvious, right? When, when people point out, uh, you always see some interesting videos. And if you're so inclined, look it up on wherever it's just like what politicians say uh, during election time versus like, you know, when they're just in office and it's regular, it's fucking crazy. Like there's examples all over the place of literally saying like the opposite shit, you know, oh, they're yeah. on the panel, they're on the, yeah, they're on the panel with whatever. They're just so that's just, they're, just, they're not like representatives of what you think they're representing. They're just fucking up there to make, keep their asses in office and keep a job, dude. That's what they're doing. Yeah. No, but anyway, say whatever you want to hear, man. Yeah, whatever, exactly. And just, so just like, yeah, whatever you want to hear. And so corporate, uh, on the corporate side, right? The non-public uh, sector. I just thought this is interesting, right? That there's a new space race uh, in town and it's by big, it's, it becomes like a, a dick waving contest between these like celebrity CEOs. So obviously we had heard that Jeff Bezos of Amazon fame had had some aspirations of getting himself into space and he had made it public and all these things. Well, lo and behold, our, uh, you know, the, the air quotes, Maverick CEO, um, the fuck's his first name. I know Branson is his last name. Richard. I, I should have. Yeah. Okay. Richard. Richard, right? Yeah. Richard, good old. Yeah. Little, little Richard. Dick. Whatever. He's, yeah. Silver, <laughs> Silver Fox. Little, yeah, yeah, little dick. Little dick. He, he, little dick. He's swinging. Um, he's swinging his uh, like double. I don't even know, man, this fucking spacecraft with him and some other people. He gets up there and I like how the bottom of it is like a fucking virgin like advertisement yeah like that's all it is man. and and it's funny that until i heard of this man i completely forgot he even was alive i'm not gonna lie (laughs) yeah for sure like when's the last time you've heard virgin i mean virgin records back in the day okay maybe yeah i I remember a couple plans i don't ever see planes at the terminals anymore i don't ever no i don't know man i thought he just 
disappeared, died on his island yeah. somewhere years ago, you know, but yeah, his asshole's back and it, it is exactly what you're saying. It's, it's a pissing competition, man. And it's uh, who can, who can get there first? You know, we're having our own space race, but in America it's, it's fucking ridiculous. Like there's yeah. way better things you could be doing with that money. Right. Then trying to be relevant, <laughs> you know, he wants to be it relevant. Yeah. What what is he put? He got, he was in space and they were, they were floating around for fucking 15 minutes. L- yeah. Literally. That's all he did. And uh, yeah, it's like, okay, cool. We already like, yeah, it costs a four. We, we, ha- we already have robots on Mars dickhead. Like what the right. fuck are you in a fucking hot air balloon is the, yeah, that's the equivalent. Yeah. It's pretty much what it is. I mean, he, he got just, just high enough to crest out the atmosphere for 15 minutes. Right. It just came right. Like, right Ooh, like, yeah, this is space. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there was some asshole that measured. And this is true. There was a dude on the project um, who was assigned to like minimize, uh, you know, the, the, whatever, like the cost. So he's got to, he's got to determine Okay, what is the minimum height or altitude that we can attain that would be considered space? See, that, that, <laughs> like, that right there lets you know that you, you're really not doing it big, right? No. When you have to no. say, just just get us to the gusts, right? We're gonna we're gonna edge our way through this, right? We're, yeah. we're not gonna come. We're just gonna it is gonna no, edge our exactly. Way. Yeah, we're just gonna like if we rub the tip just right on the fucking like, just rub the lips with it. Technically, that's it's still sex, sex right? right? We parted yeah, but, the lips, yeah, Rich. <laughs> right, if you the fucking dick parted the lips is what it boils down to. That's it. Man, that's it it's called it's like on the instant replay the fucking the nose of the football went it broke the plane right that's it's a touchdown bro Dude, two arms like, up i i feel i feel like he, it had there had to have been like some billionaire bet somewhere some shit man like who who oh, could do dude. it first it has to be like this guy just came out of nowhere, sucker punch Bezos, took his he thunder. <laughs> just- oh, he did too. And that's what makes it funny. So like as much as that we're criticizing him, I think that that's fucking hilarious. Because obviously he heard about it uh, and was like, nope, I've got more money. Well, he doesn't have more money, but I mean, He's blah, blah, blah. Reason. I've got I've got the bigger dick or whatever. So I'm going to, whatever resources, but that that's how he did it, right? He, he, he might've had even spies on bezos's side to know like where they're at like how far along they were yeah and that's how that's how he he uh you know made that that calculation and and got it up first because bezos that's the other thing that what i'm laughing in my head is like even though bezos was cordial about it like oh oh cool (laughs) maybe i'll get to join the club next or whatever you know in his head man his ego was so attached to that idea of him fucking doing that he had to have had <laughs> like i wish there was camera footage of the bezos fucking meltdown like shit fest in his own room when oh, like no, nobody dude, was he, looking he lost his shit dude Be- bezos isn't gonna be able to get a heart on for a month now no. <laughs> like, he's, he's, <laughs> is that the result he's, he's destroyed he's destroyed yeah you, you can't you can't tell me that he's not a, a guy that has built a business that's set on taking over the world <laughs> You know he was fucking pissed. Yeah, he was. You know, but it's funny though because I I think about 
I mean, A, you know, I always think about the the resources that are going into this that's being wasted, but B, at the end of the day, what what the, what the fuck is it all for? Like you guys, you guys aren't doing it to, you know, at least Elon's trying to say, you know, we're going to put a colony on Mars, you know, some something, right? Something that's going to be beneficial. You guys are, are doing it to just... Oh well, well, Johnny. Johnny got a new car, so I want to get a yeah. new car. You know, I want. Yeah, I, I want to get a bigger one. And not only Watch that, news. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, but for like Bezos, like really, like examine, like before you think you're big shit, like really examine. Uh, he basically well, here's what Jeff Bezos did. Over a course of time, he made it possible to order for people to virtually order something on their computer or phone and have it show up to their house in like 35 fucking seconds. Right. Which that's great. Okay. Obviously, you know, wonderful. He came and hit. Yeah. Bravo. Golf clap. Um, which, which is something that. Like, you know, the time travels fast, but it's fast and it's infinite. I know you feel big, but you're small when no one's listening. I got the weight of the world on my shoulders, baby, hold it up. And I've never played this show at all.